This is Behold, a VBC podcast. Our goal is to examine biblical truth that will better equip you to behold the glory of the Lord more fully in your daily life. Without further ado, here is the Behold podcast. Well, hello there and welcome back to the Behold podcast. If you missed us last week, hope that was a nice break for you from our voices, but we're back at it and glad to have you with us today. To Sean and my boy Dan, as always. What's up? And today we have the the wonderful, the genetically, I think, beautiful. Oh. Say that for a reason. Connie Johnson. <laughs> Say hi, Connie. Hello. So so yeah, so for those of you that don't know, um, there is some there's some Korean blood flowing in the in the studio <laughs> I'm, right I'm now. I'm biased. Yeah, yeah. This is funny actually. I was mountain biking with my brother-in-law this weekend and we ran into my old uh, catering boss and culinary teacher from high school. And she's Asian. And Justin told her, oh, wow, you look very young for being Sean's high school teacher. And she said this probably three times in a row. Well, you know, Asian don't raisin. Oh, <laughs> my God. That. Yes, no. what I always say, Asian don't raisin. <laughs> oh, man. Well, that's not 100% so, true. Way to but... go, not raisin <laughs> okay. over there, Connie. How are you, Connie? I'm good. I got to hang out with uh, with one of your offspring mm-hmm. this, this weekend at, at uh, a high school ministry retreat. Laura was there. And uh, we had a great time. It was really funny because, so we went up to Bass Lake in Yosemite, kind of for their winter getaway. And there were uh, t- about, I think, 27 guys, leaders and students. Mm-hmm. And there was eight. I know. Eight girls. <laughs> she told <laughs> four, me yesterday. Four leaders and four students. <laughs> oh, so boy. the ratios were, uh, were were quite interesting. But we, we just had an amazing time worshiping mm-hmm. the Lord and enjoying creation and um, I I got to uh, share share the messages that yeah, that I heard weekend. You were the speaker yeah, keynote. Was, yeah, the keynote speaker. Yeah, so, so that was really fun. Um, but it was funny because we we got a, a picture from one of our host families while we were up there the day after we left. So the trip is called Big Snow, right? Mm-hmm. And the idea is, oh, let's go play in the snow, right? I don't know if you've been watching the weather. There hasn't been much snow um, since December, really. Mm-hmm. So we were we we ended up finding some some sketchy little sled hills to go down, and <laughs> we sent a team snowboarding, and and it was great. But uh, th- we got this picture from our one of our host families yesterday, and it just looks like Narnia oh, up no. there right now. Like oh, they they're like, you guys missed the snow by yeah. one day. Yeah. Um. But it was a great time nonetheless, and Stephen and Laura are just doing an amazing job, mm-hmm. and Emma uh, leading that ministry and. And the spirit of God was moving really powerfully in our times of worship and um, just great, great uh, receptive hearts and, and mm. good small group times and good times of reflection. And so, yeah, yeah it, was, it was really fun to, to be part of the, what God's doing up there. Yeah, I heard it was really a very bonding time and, and super, I mean, Laura said it, the eight, girl, eight female leaders and students and all these guys, she was a little concerned, but yeah. the dynamics were <clears throat> really good. Were you part of the, uh, were you one of the um, victims of the prank calling on the drive home? Yeah, well, I actually participated. <laughs> oh, I participated, you participated in it. So I'm, I'm, my, hands are, my hands are dirty. Your hands are dirty. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, I yeah. can neither confirm or deny the, the details of that whole situation. But hey, when in Rome, right? Around, when you're right. around high school students, you got to enter into their madness. And it's not that hard for you. A hundred percent. It's not, hey, it's, it's, it's a short leap for me, but, but uh, it is a leap. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, so Laura, Laura was part of that too. Her hands are dirty, but she, okay. she said they had a lot of fun. So That's awesome. Thanks for wow. going. 
Well, b- b- before we jump into it, Connie, what are some things coming up in your arena, your area of ministry that we can be praying for and be aware of? Yes. Um, so uh, we're going to have our spring tea, the women's ministry um, at both campuses. We'll um, have our spring tea in March, March um 26, I believe. And it's going to be just a lovely time. You know, we haven't actually had this type of tea in several years. Um, We've had different teas at different people's homes. And we've like last summer, we had it in the backyard of the Wongs, Susan and Jason Wong's home. But we used to do it where we would do it at church and and have different ladies host tables, bringing their own china. And I mean, we've used to do this for years and years. I mean, I remember back like even 20 years. And um, it's so fun. (laughs) (laughs) So fun to see all this different china and beautiful dishes that the ladies um, bring. And, um, And then we provide all the food and the savory and the sweets and the tea sandwiches and all that. Wow. Um, and it's going to be a lovely event. I, I hope ladies really show. I mean, we've had, you know, like 100, 150 ladies come, but who knows after COVID. But please put it on your calendar, March 22nd. You can go online and register or register in person. And this is a, this is a great event to, to bring uh, your unchurched friends yes. and family members, neighbors, coworkers. Absolutely. It's just a, it's a non-threatening yes. event. Um, it's, it's fun. The gospel will be presented. Yeah. Yes, and yes. so so definitely, but it's mostly just about enjoying one another and yeah. fellowship. Yeah, and um and the and usually I have men, so watch out, guys. I might come after you. Do the serving for us, you know, running oh, back and forth, uh, and do the. You'll get fun treats, though. I'll maybe. tell you what. Yeah, I'll I'll do I'll do it if I get to be. The, I heard a rumors uh, in in recent or in previous years that there's like a there's like a taste testing board that like approves all the treats. <laughs> Uh, Emily, I know a few times tried out. It's like a Shark Tank like mm-hmm. environment where we, you you bring your dish for approval. It I'm, is so. And if, it is if the so council stressful. approves, yeah. you will be allowed to bake for your scones. Reason, for the, I'm out. Yeah, exactly. So if I get to be part of that council, you know then I'm. I in. actually don't know that we're going to do that because I already okay. have a menu. So I'm. Okay, yeah, okay. but but yeah, no. Well, then, year. For Just that reason, then, then I'm out. <laughs> feed me with treats and I'm there. Yes. Well, okay, spring tea, the yeah. March 26th. Yes. What else okay, is one up? Uh, um, another thing is we're going to have, actually the very next day, the 27th, we're going to have an all-church picnic at the Crossing Campus. Wow, actually we're, both we're campuses. To, oh, both campuses. Yeah, we're just trying to copy you guys, Altamont. Well, yeah. Wait, too. is it a picnic or it's... It's going to be a, just a potluck, one service, okay. a potluck afterwards. Um more details to come, but the 27th, one service, potluck, all church potluck, really all church Yeah, at both campuses. And tell, tell, tell everybody why we're, why we're doing this. What, what's kind of the thought process behind it? Like, it's not just another thing to do, but no, what are we getting after? We really want to, um, you know, give opportunities for us to come together especially around a meal because that's always a wonderful way of coming together, right? Yes. Um, but just in a more informal setting, when we're all here at the church at the same time, it's just nice to be able to linger afterwards, have a meal together, talk to people you may have only seen from across the room um, and get to know one another. Just let's be more of a family. Let's eat, let's eat a meal together. Yeah, it's so easy for us to get into just rush mode, mm-hmm. right? We rush to church, we sit in our chair, we're with the people we came with, or maybe we're by ourselves, and then we rush out to the next thing. Mm-hmm. And so we just want to encourage everyone to slow down, to um, just to to connect. You know, like we live in a commuter society, right? Where we, we're in our cars, we're driving far distances all the time, and and you know our, our church building buildings, both of them are are not in a neighborhood, right? They're 
they're kind of in this like in light industrial area. Mm. And so a lot of times that kind of like family casual encounters that God can really use to help us stay connected and feel loved, uh, they just don't happen because mm-hmm. we're rushing around everywhere. So we really want to give everyone an opportunity to slow down, have a meal together and make some connections. Yeah. I just want to challenge people to, you know, maybe you're someone who already feels very connected, you know, and you feel like, Hey, I have lunch with friends every week. I'm, I'm good to go. Man, this could be an amazing opportunity for you to pour into other people, you right. know, for you to reach out towards those who are looking lonely or are not having enough connection and fellowship. So just really hope that you guys, like Dan said, slow down a bit and just look forward to like we're looking forward to just having a meal with our brothers and sisters and enjoying that time together. That's awesome. All right, that's enough from you, Connie. No more events. Okay. I'm cutting you off there. <laughs> I can't wait to behold those events. Oh, stop it. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> hey, one in Rome. Speaking of Rome. Oh, oh hey. Oh, wow. What a transition. We love our segues here on the podcast. So we are in our Resurrection Live teaching series. And um, this section we're looking at, which was Charlie at the crossing here and, and sorry, Nathan at the crossing here and at the Altamont two weeks ago. We're looking at the end of chapter two of Second Corinthians and just a beautiful passage that all three of us said, man, really sparked a lot of imagery and just kind of made these scriptures come alive in our hearts. So as you guys listen to Charlie teach that section, uh, chapter two, verse 14 through 16 or 17, um, what are some of the things that first struck your minds and hearts? I loved the, um, I loved his detailed imagery of that Roman commander coming back from a battle with his procession and just the the sights, the sounds, and the smell. Like he really made it come alive, I think, for me. Yeah, I would have loved to have Nate as my history teacher in high school. <laughs> yeah. Right? You make a yeah. great history yes. teacher. Yes. He should maybe, you know, and maybe uh, in, in, in his next career. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, that was, I, I'd never really. Well, I'd never looked into this procession thing before. And so when he talked about that, um, even in our Resurrection Life group last night, um, one of the guys was saying that he's a very, you know, um, visual learner. And so for him, just look, seeing that procession and how Christ, like we're, he was saying like he felt like, yeah, like Christ is with me. I am walking with him. So good. It was just a beautiful, yeah, beautiful imagery. Yeah, and... I think one of the things that was really off of that, that just kind of blew my mind is, you know, you think about the, just the, the normal everyday Roman citizen and a win for Rome is a win for them. And they did a great job of, of talking about how prestige and glory and honor and victory was such so core to their identity and so core to a lot of what, what they were all about. And, you know, you think about, I don't know, like a young boy growing up in, in Rome and, and maybe aspiring to be one of those generals one day, maybe working their whole life to, to, to have a triumph. You know, like Nate said, it's kind of like winning the Super Bowl. And you think about the Super Bowl parade that the Rams just had, right? It's kind of like what you always dream of, but how few actually get there. So even though you may be an onlooker and witnessing a triumph, from, you know, from the town square or, you know, leaning out of your, your balcony and your home, it, you experience that, that win and that glory. But it really seems like here in verse 14, it, it's a step further because of our, our, our unity with Christ. Jesus is actually leading us in his triumph. He's inviting us into his victory. 
And I just think that is just so wonderful and amazing. And I think we, we, it's something that we can really cling to when we're feeling despair or we're feeling discouraged or we're feeling just down and out about life, right? Paul is writing this and they did a great job of explaining kind of the context. Paul's, Paul's got a lot that he could be bummed about. He's got a lot that he could just be wallowing in despair, but he's choosing to thank God and choosing to acknowledge that he is part of Jesus's victory. And I just think that's so powerful. I think, I think we could really use a dose of that. Mm-hmm. Can I just read that little, uh, there's a little passage ahead of this where this it kind of uh, talks about the kind of situation that Paul was in. He says, for even when we came into Macedonia, our bodies had no rest, but we were afflicted at every turn, fighting without and fear within. And then the next sentence is, but God, you know, that's always the... So good. Yeah. Isn't that good? I mean, do, how often do we feel that? Fighting without, like from outside, and yeah. then the fear within. Yeah. You know? And yeah, Paul yeah. can relate to that. And yet so he comes up with this beautiful imagery. And I was thinking about, um, you know, as a Jew, I mean, the Romans conquered so much of the world. Mm-hmm. And how many of these professions, processions that they have seen yeah. come through, Yeah, you know? So yeah, it, I'm sure it was so vivid for the for the the believers, you know, yeah. to relate to. I was just thinking, anyone who's listening that maybe didn't listen on Sunday, um, I was like, "What are you guys talking about?" I'm going to read a quote that I think will encapsulate kind of the mm. glory of the triumph that we're talking about. That becomes some imagery for you. So you know, Paul described this this triumph that that Christ is leading us in. So this quote says. The idea is borrowed from an ancient Roman triumph, which to the eyes of the world of that day was the most glorious spectacle which the imagination could ever conceive. In a triumph, the procession of the victorious general marched through the streets of Rome to the capital. And first came the state officials and the Senate, then came the trumpeters, then were carried the spoils taken from the conquered land. Then came the pictures of the conquered land and models of the conquered citadels and ships. There followed the white bull for sacrifice, which was made. And then there walked the captive princes, leaders, and generals in chains, which were to be flung into prison and executed. Then came the the lictors bearing their rods, followed by musicians with their lyres. Then came the priests swinging their censers with the sweet-smelling incense burning in them. After that came the general himself. Finally came the army wearing all their decorations and shouting, Triumph! Triumph! Their cries of triumph! As the procession moved through the streets, all decorated and garlanded amid the cheering crowds, it made a tremendous day, which might only happen once in a Roman citizen's lifetime. And this is the picture that's in Paul's mind. He sees Christ marching in the triumph throughout the world, and he himself is in that conquering train, a triumph from which Paul is certain nothing can stop. So just this beautiful picture of, of man, victory has happened, and we're participating in seeing that. Mm-hmm. But I was thinking about it, and Connie, you, you kind of made a point about this earlier, is there's that description of, well, it's not just the spoils that were taken. It's not just pictures of the cities they conquered, but then they take the, the princes and the leaders that they that they took, they're in chains, about to be executed. Mm-hmm. And my guess is if you're not Roman and you belong to whatever nation those people are from, this probably is not a celebratory moment for you. You know, if you're watching your prince be marched by you, about to be executed, this is probably not the same level of celebration and joy that it is for the guy next to you who's Roman, right? Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because right now we're not talking about Rome versus Egypt or whatever. We're talking about life and death. You know, we're talking about Jesus Christ and eternal life, and we're talking about Satan and eternal death. Mm-hmm. 
And so for those who don't know Jesus and are their allegiance, maybe they don't even know their allegiances, but by their, by their lives, their allegiance is to Satan. Mm-hmm. They're watching their, their Lord get marched by conquered forever. And so, yeah, it must sound horrible to them and like foolishness and, and death to death, like you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, <clears throat> there's always going to be mixed reactions at the end of a, of a, of a war. People, some people are going to be excited about the victory. Others are going to be in despair because of, of the defeat. And I thought Nate did a great job of just breaking down what that, what that looks like. And so maybe we can just talk a little bit about, about the, the, the fragrance of this triumph. Nate even said on Sunday, he said, you would probably smell a, a, a triumph mm-hmm. long before you would ever see it. Mm. So there were, I think that's pretty powerful. And there's, there's a lot of um, really interesting scientific um, studies that are being done right now about in the animal kingdom about with scents hmm. and how um, so much so much of the animal kingdom uses the sense of smell to to navigate to find food to avoid pre- predators you know there there I was reading about um, there's this uh, little little tiny island called Rain Island and it uh, it's it's this kind of interesting place where um, there's not really much happening there. Like there's not a lot of vegetation or it's not like a, this beautiful island. It's just like this little speck of sand in the middle of the ocean. But every year, hundreds and hundreds of sea turtles flock to this island. Hmm. And so scientists have been trying to figure out what's going on. Like what is bringing these turtles here? And essentially it's a place, it's the place where they were hatched hmm. and it's decades have gone by. And they remember how to get to this island based off smell. And they've done all kinds of different research, research and study about what's happening there. And it's kind of this interesting mix of like the, the, the bird poop on the island <laughs> and like uh, the, some kind of like um, uh, some release from the, from the reef, the coral reef. Mm. And it's just really unique smell that the sea turtles remember their whole entire lives. Wow. And, and then what's really interesting is also a bunch of like tiger sharks flock there too. And it's really weird because you would think, oh, the tiger sharks are there to eat the, the turtles, right? But you don't see, you just see them kind of like floating in the water together. And then like, you know, the turtles will poke, poke their head up, like sniff around. Oh, there it is. It, and what happens is while these mom, mom turtles are climbing up on the beach to hatch their eggs – some of them don't make it back to the water because it's like it's like 100 plus mm-hmm. degrees on the beach. And so they die of exhaustion, mm. right? And so then the turtles are just there rotting on the beach. And that's what the sharks are smelling. Hmm. They're smelling the dead rotting turtles and they're waiting for the tide to come up because a dead turtle is a lot easier to eat th- than a live turtle, <laughs> right? Kind of like, like steak. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So it's just really interesting. All of this, all of this action is happening because of the smell of this island. And for some, it's it's life because literally the turtles are being are being hatched, um, hatched yeah. and there's new there's new victory and new life. But some people are there, the sharks, they're there because of the rotting dead turtles and they want to eat. So it's just interesting. I think smell is it God God really um, wired us to to have a really strong reaction, reaction yeah. to the way things smell. Um, so anyway, Nate did a great job of talking about how 
there's all kinds of different different reactions to this fragrance of of Christ's triumph. The Father, mm-hmm. let's just talk about that, right? The Father is pleased mm-hmm. with this with this fragrance and this aroma. Um, and then for for us who are receivers of that victory, for us it's a sweet breeze of heaven. But then to the rejectors, all they see is a, is a criminal who died and the stench of a grave. Mm-hmm. And so I just think that we could talk about that a little bit. Like, let's just unpack those three different reactions. Cause I think there's some really good implications for us. What do you guys think? Yeah. I love, uh, yeah, I love the, I love when Nate uh, brought up other um, passages that talked about the aroma of Christ and, yeah. and um, to the, to the Jewish listener right away, they're going back to, you know, the sacrifices that God ordained in um, Leviticus and things, right? Because yeah. um, God says it's a pleasing aroma. That is a pleasing aroma to him, to himself. And um, in Ephesians 5, it says, um, Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. So Christ, his sacrifice was a, a pleasing aroma, just like those animal sacrifices were in the times of the Old Testament, right? But then it says here, we are the pleasing aroma to Christ. Mm -hmm. And and, and that idea, you know, it says to God, we are an aroma to God. Yes. Um, It's like we are like incense being offered to God. And so I think when we um, are... And, and that's another thing I wanted to talk about later. Just like what what kind of level of aroma are we are we talking about? Are we only talking about obviously you know just witnessing to people who don't know Christ, yes. right? Now to some who are going to accept Christ, that is life to life. To others, it's just foolishness. It's death yeah. to death. Yeah. But um, when we are living our life for for Christ, like um, Nate was saying, blending our life of service with our reason for our hope, the reason for why we do these things. Um, that's a pleasing aroma to, to God, whether or not people respond. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think that's really good. And just on that Ephesians 5 passage, um, it's interesting. I was That was one of the verses that I that I used to, to, to talk to the high schoolers this, this weekend. So it's really fresh on my mind. But, you know, the call there, if you look at verse 1, Paul is telling us to be imitators of God. Mm. He said he's saying you are the, you are children of God and so you be like him in his character and his heart and you you model yourself after what he's like. And it further goes on and walk in love as Christ loved loved us and gave himself up. Mm. And so I think about is there an aspect to this this fragrance of of the sacrifice of Christ that is is us living out the sacrificial love of Christ. You know, I was thinking about Ephesians 2, how Paul also says like, or sorry, Philippians 2, how, how Paul says, have the same attitude of Christ in, in the family of God. Think of others as better than mm-hmm. yourself. Don't do anything out of selfishness or vain conceit. You know, uh, in humility, uh, have the mind of Christ. And, you know, it's, I think it's interesting. We're like, we're, we, we love love, you know, like, and we're like, oh, Jesus. I think the world, a lot of people think of Jesus. Oh, he's just this like cool hippie dude who loves everybody. You know, like I can get behind that. You know, mm-hmm. I can get behind love, but, but it's like, hey, imitate God, be filled up in the love of Christ. And then you're like, okay, cool. What does that look like? And it's like, oh, dang, Jesus died. Like, that's what his love <laughs> looks like. Like, so, so we're called to l- 
lay our lives down for each other. Mm-hmm. And that, do you think that's part of this fragrant aroma to God? A hundred percent. You know, I, I think of like Romans 12, like present yourselves as a living sacrifice, mm-hmm. holy and acceptable to God. I think that's what, it, what we're getting at is it's not a, you know, you walk in a room and say, Hey, I smell like Jesus, everybody, mm-hmm. you know? But no, it's it's living your life in a way that is so evident that that you do have that surrender to 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 God, and that is where your focus is, and you have the humility and great all those things. Um, but you're right; it's hard. It's sneaky, and I think that you know I'm reading this book for the gatherings. I'm teaching tomorrow, or purpose driven life, and this section is a lot about surrender, and really how the heart of surrender is really the 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 heart of worship. You know, for you to have, live a worshipful life that is a living sacrifice. You need to be living in full surrender to God. And it's really sneaky because Very. sometimes we feel like we are, but we're really not, you know, and, and we, anyways, all to say, I think one of the ways that that is revealed um, when we're not fully surrendered to God, that's one of the that Rick Warren says it's revealed is in the context of relationships and with people. And he goes on to say, man, if we may think we're doing the right thing and we're, you know, we're serving in our small group or we're doing this or this and like, hey, we're sacrificing. But then when it comes to kind of what you're getting at, the nuances of me not getting what I want in a certain situation or whatever, mm-hmm. then the truth comes out, mm-hmm. you know? So he's like, just assess yourself. Do you receive criticism well? Mm-hmm. You know, do you get defensive when people say stuff? Mm-hmm. Do you not like not getting your way in a situation, you know? Mm-hmm. Do you even subtly try to manipulate things to be towards what your end goal is? Even if you think it's a good goal, a godly goal maybe even, still that process and that that desire for what you want really often points to that you, you're not surrendered, you know? And I think that that is so counter to culture right now. Mm-hmm. You know, we're so conditioned and taught to, to think that that the idea of surrender is bad. It's weakness. Well, Even you just do saying you, it. right? You do you. It's yeah. like you do what makes you feel good. Yeah. Oh, you can surrender, you know, but yeah. don't try to put that on me because yeah. submission is weakness in, in right. this world. We want to win. We want victory. We want to be the best, yada, yada, yada. But we all, you know, the the the, the life that God intends for us, we're created to surrender ourselves. He literally made us to, to worship something, you know? And so whether we like it or not, if we don't worship and, and submit to him, it's going to be something else. And maybe it's like kind of what you're getting at okay. this, this worldly way of kind of living and responding to situations. And anyways, all to say it's when we don't do that, that the aroma becomes obvious to people. Right. And, and like what you were saying, both of you were saying about this is not just for the outside world, but it really is for us to practice at the potluck, for example. Mm. You know? <laughs> Shout out. If you love Jesus, you'll be at the potluck. Yeah. No, and just a bit, the mutual surrender and the humility that Christ yeah. uh, ex- you know, displayed for us to follow as an example. But I, I think you're right. It, every day in our everyday life, whether we are uh, interacting with outsiders, unbelievers, or whether we're interacting with our family members, like how are we the aroma of Christ? Because yeah. things come up every single day that can frustrate us, that can derail us, that can make us feel like, oh, I, I, this is not what I had intended for yeah. for today to look like, right? Well, and it's so interesting too. God, God's kingdom is, is sometimes the exact opposite of what you expect. Mm-hmm. The, the way he gained his triumph mm-hmm. is by dying. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 that's how he beat sin and death, and obviously he he resurrected and and ascended, and now he's sitting, you know, at the right hand of the, of the glory on high, and there's no name that's above his name, and and at that name every knee will bow and every tongue will confess, like that is that is the um, 
the full expression of his of his victory. Um, but he did it in in a means that is much different than how a Roman general would have. And I think that's why a lot of a lot of people balk at the gospel. That's why a lot of the, the it's foolishness to to those who are perishing because it just seems like it backwards. It seems upside down. Mm-hmm. And but then if you if you think about okay, well, what are the implications, right? If if we're called to walk in that victory, if we're called to walk in that same love, if we're called to have the same attitude of Christ, who was fully God but did not hold on to his godness, but instead he humbled himself and took on the form of a man and became obedient all the way to death, right? If that's our archetype and our model, then we have, we're going to go about our victory and our triumph in a much different way than what the world will. And some people are going to really dig it and they're going to, because the spirit of God is drawing them in and it's going to be just exactly what they want to smell. But other people are going to just think it's, it's, it's wild and foolishness and, and, and they're going to reject it. So how do we, how do we navigate that, that those mixed reviews, right? So we're, we're living as a fragrance to God, but we're doing it among a a group of people who some are going to like it and some are not. How do we, how do we navigate that? Yeah. Well, I think two things. One, just a brief encouragement is, man, you never know. Like, yeah, when you do that process, that person might respond poorly or think of it as, as a foolish message, you know, but it's interesting that Paul is using the, the fragrance imagery and you mentioned the animal kingdom studies, but even for humans, you know, smell is the, the, out of our five senses, it's the one most tied to memory and even most tied to emotion. So nothing will bring back memories like a smell will. And so, man, it could be years and years down the road, but that person down the road might smell that same aroma and then understand clearly, oh man, 10 years ago when Dan did that, he was embodying Christ in my life. Mm-hmm. I didn't smell it then, but I do now kind of thing. So sure. it's one of those, you know, maybe down the road. But um, So like when you're being the aroma, you don't have to get people to sign on the dotted line every single time you, you share the, the gospel yeah, with them. exactly. Yeah, because you never know how God might, might yeah. use it, right? Which kind of leads me to my second point of, of your question is just that, you know, God is not asking us to be um, effective servants. Mm. And that's not his charge for us in this context. His His charge for us is to be faithful servants, you know, and then entrust the rest to him. And so really when it comes to being an aroma, it starts with just us, you know, going back to Rick Warren's book, he talks about how, man, if we, if we feel like our effectiveness in the world with God is dependent on other people, then something is wrong with our Mm -hmm. perspective. It starts with our own hearts and our own relationship with the Lord. And so ultimately I think it starts there is if you are walking with the Lord daily, and you are submitting yourself to him daily and you actually are praying for, you know, that, 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 that humility and gentleness and patience and all that. Um, then I think you can just entrust it to God. You know, you know, you're being faithful and so you can trust the rest of the Lord because that's what he's calling you to be doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I love how he ends this passage, Paul, he says, uh, who is sufficient for these things? I mean, mm. that kind of, we have, that's where we start. Are we sufficient for these things? Mm. No, no, we are yeah. not. 
you know, are we adequate? Are we qualified? No. And I think back to Second Corinthians 4, 7, where it says, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show, not that we're so great, but <laughs> right. to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. Yeah. And um, I went, I, I looked at the sermon notes from one of John Piper's um, sermons on this passage, and I, he had some really good little points that I wanted to just... There's five. Pepper him in, yeah. Yeah. He said, um, he says, you know, our sufficiency is from God. So he's, he, he lays out five little checks for us. He says, do you treasure Christ enough so that you do not peddle his word? In other words, are you using ministry? Are you using the gospel for personal in any gain. way yeah. for personal gain, yeah. right? And secondly is, will you speak from sincerity? Will you be real? Do you mean what you say? Um, and that's what you know. Nathan was saying, tell the whole truth. Like in other words, don't just don't hold back, but be real, mm-hmm. right? And then number three is, will you speak as from God? And that is, will you take not only your commission from God, but your words and your authority from God, right? Mm-hmm. Will you speak as before God? That is, will you reckon Him to be your judge, not man? This that's is the so key. Good. Yeah, that's like, so good. We have to do it in front of God and for Him. And he's he's our judge, like you said, Sean. Yeah. He he wants faithfulness, not effectiveness. Well, let me jump in there before you do your last one because yeah. I think this is something I talked to the high schoolers about this this weekend. Because in the modern age, we are so consumed with our platform. Mm. We are so consumed with who is our audience, mm. right? Everything's about gaining followers on social media. Everybody has a, 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 a video camera, an HD video camera on their phone, and so they can film anything they they have and put it on YouTube and automatically have an audience. We're streaming or, this right now. Yeah, we're exactly. <laughs> or some people like they're like, "Hey, I like to play video games. I bet people would want to watch me play video games." And you. So and I'm going to start on the Twitch thing and get and get. A, you know, we're we're so we're so consumed with with what what is our perception out there and who is our audience. And I think there is this, um, there's kind of this like uh, conscious social thing that is like, we're always thinking someone's watching us. Mm-hmm. We're always thinking that people, it's like the Truman Show. <laughs> I'm dating myself a little bit, but you know, Jim Carrey like literally was living in a, in like a, a life-size TV studio and every single thing he did all day long was, was videotaped and, and put in front of a live TV audience. You know, but that's how we, that's kind of the, our consciousness right now is we, we live like, like everyone's watching us. Like, but I think that's so destructive and deadly. And, and I think it, it, it gets us so consumed with our own self and it either makes us the center of our universe or we get super insecure and we, we second guess everything and we're just consumed with what people think of us. And one of the things that I've really been training myself to do is to just ultimately remind myself that I have an audience of one, Mm -hmm. that I am living my life for God, the father, like to please him, to imitate him, to um, bring him glory and honor. Mm -hmm. And there's such a freedom in that. (laughs) And there's such a, just a peace in letting go and just saying, you know what? People are going to think what they're going to think. And I don't want to live my life like a maverick, you know, cavalier and just blowing everybody off. Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately, who do who am I living my life to please? And I've decided 
I'm going to do that for my fa- my heavenly father. Mm. I'm not going to, no more people pleasing, no more insecurity, no more, um, you know, fear of like, what are people going to think? You know, mm. I'm just letting go of that. And when, when I, when I heard Nate teach this, you know, just about this aroma of Christ to God. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and obviously other people are going to smell it too, but ultimately who is it for? It's to God. That's right. That's right. No, I, that's exactly his fourth point was, you know, will you speak as before God? Will you reckon yeah. him to be your judge? Will you care more about his assessment mm-hmm. of your words and not be deterred by human criticism? Yeah. So that's exactly right. And then the fifth point that he makes is, will you speak as in Christ? That is, this is important. Will you get your identity, your assurance, your confidence, your hope, your courage from your union with Christ. Mm. And that's just something we have to keep practicing and practicing, you know, totally. and keep getting better and better at it. I mean, it's easy. Uh, it's so easy to fall back into people pleasing. It's just is, you no know, doubt. and again, we don't want to be that maverick. Like, I don't care what, what you think of me. I'm just going to live my life. It's like a weird tension, it right? Is. Like we have to, we still have to love people, right? And we still have to um, reflect Christ to them, but it's almost like we can't, we can't get bogged down on how they respond. Right. Yeah. I mean, it is a hard balance to navigate because it's like we need to be aware that we are being watched, you know, by the world, but not driven by that, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like we we need to know who's watching us to be able to empathize and love them and all those kinds of things. But then, like you said, like it's so easy for that that balance to shift. And all of a sudden we're looking forward to those eyes on us or, or whatever it is. So again, I think we just, like you said, pray and fix our eyes upon Lord, the Lord and entrust that process to him, you know? And it's actually really interesting because I think that's part of what Paul's getting at in this imagery of the triumph, you know, because he says Christ leads us in this triumphal procession. And I think that he's really thinking of himself as one of those soldiers following the general, like you said, Dan, participating in the triumph. And the reason why is because, I mean, this is a spoiler, but we're about to jump into chapter three of 2 Corinthians, where Paul goes into great detail about, about the reason I'm saying this is because you are ministers of the new covenant. Mm-hmm. And then he says, to your point, Dan, not only are you ministers of the new covenant, but but you, your, your authenticity and your validation and your commendation does not come from people. You need a letter to authenticate that. That comes from our Lord Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, your life and, and how you live is a letter of certification of the authenticity of the gospel message. And so I think going to your, your point about like our audience and what we're being watched as, man, we know that this is what we're here for, to be ministers of the new covenant to people. We know that God placed us here to do that work. But man, our 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 authenticity and our commendation does not come from the number of followers. Mm-hmm. Like you said doesn't yeah. come from whether they like or, or down d- dislike our video. Doesn't come mm-hmm. from whether in in our faces they laugh at what we say. It comes from the fact that we have a life redeemed and transformed by Jesus Christ. At least it should. If we're, mm-hmm. we're following Him, then that's yeah. where that's where it should come from. You know, I want to say something that I think is is kind of obviously implied in this text, but. We, I think it's easy to miss as well. So there was the, the I think there's this, there's this quote, uh, it's a saying, I don't know if we actually know who, who, where it originally came from, who coined it originally, but, but it's, it's kind of worked its way through Christendom, you know, for the last, from at least as long as I can remember. And it goes like this, preach the gospel mm-hmm. always, if necessary, use words. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And I think we all, oh, we love that idea. It's like, 
I'm just going to be, um, you know, living like Christ. I'm going to, I'm going to have the saltiness of Christ, you know, I'm going to have the light of Christ and I'm just going to love people and just be a nice person. And people will know the gospel that way, you know? Um, and certainly there is something to obviously our witness, the manner of, in which we live, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just the, our, um, integrity, mm-hmm. our, our love, you know, the way that we care for people, all that, that's powerful. But if we never open our mouths and speak, verse 17, we speak mm-hmm. in Christ. So it's implied, it's obvious, hey, at some point, you have to open up your mouth and actually share the good news of Christ mm-hmm. in order for people to go from death to life, mm-hmm. right? And that's what, we, that's what we want. I mean, that's, we want people to experience this triumph, yeah. from the side that we experience it. That's, that's all it is, is we want to invite people into that victory. Right. But if we never actually share the details, mm-hmm. like the, the nitty gritty of the gospel, how can people ever uh, experience that, right? Mm-hmm. Like believing comes from hearing. That's right. Hearing the word of God. And how are people supposed to hear that if, the, if we don't open our mouths and speak in Christ? That's so good, Dan. That's I love it, and 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 I be encouraged that even Paul asked for prayer, so that he will open his mouth in, in mm-hmm. Ephesians six. He says, "Pray that I will be bold as I ought to speak. Mm-hmm. Help me pray that I will open my mouth." You know, even Paul, we're all needy of it, right? Yes. Of that of that courage that it that, that courage. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, maybe I'm gonna shift the imagery even more with the whole audience thing. Maybe think of ourselves. You guys ever been to a website and it like forwards to something else? Like right oh, now, yeah. if you go to like thecrossing.org, that was our old website, mm. it forwards immediately to BBC online. Mm, you yeah. know, that's maybe that's how I want to think about it. Is is cool. we know we got eyes on us. We know we got people who are going to watch us. But I just want to forward their eyes directly to Jesus. That's what I want it to be. And I think it even is fitting with this series because you know we're going to end in Second Corinthians five. Maybe this is a good way to wrap up this podcast. I'll just read the the ending of how Paul ends that of just what our attitude should be in that. You know, what does God put us here to do and, and how do we do that? This is starting in verse 18. And again, this is talking, Paul has just described all these amazing blessings from, from God, his charges as ministers of his covenant, the, 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 the life of reconciliation we get to participate in with Christ. And he says, all this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Mm. That is... In Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. That's amazing. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled Mm -hmm. to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Of God. Amen. And man, I just love that God is making his appeal through us. So what do we do? We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Do yeah. it every single day. You make yourself right with the Lord and you worship him and you surrender to him. Mm-hmm. As you do that, you just can't help it. You're going to be an ambassador of reconciliation for the message of Christ. That's so good. Wow, that's awesome. It's humbling. Like God doesn't have a plan B. Like we're it. He's like, if the world's <laughs> going to know about me and what I've done, they're going to hear it from you. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like he's, he's obviously created 
um, every, everything that was made to point to him, mm-hmm. right? So that, so that we kind of, we live with this, this kind of burning angst of like, ah, there's some, there's something bigger, you know, all this stuff couldn't have just got here, right. uh, you know, by happenstance or chance or whatever. Um, and I think a lot of people suppress that they go their whole lives. So they, they, they don't even notice it's there, but, but it is there. And so if, if we don't ever live as ambassadors, then people will never find what they're looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's humbling and it's like, okay, wow, we better, it should kind of light a fire, yeah. you know, under us. Absolutely. And I just think about, I'm sure for you, Connie, and I'm sure for you, Dan, I know for myself and everyone else I know, somebody was involved in that process for us. You know, I didn't just stumble upon a book in a bookstore. I mean, some people did for sure. You yeah. know, read accounts of them in jail, reading the Bible or whatever. But the, what happened before that? Who was preaching to them before that, right? Yeah, ex- that exactly. usually doesn't happen. Many in, steps, in, many yeah, steps. Exactly. But even for most of us, I think it was actually a person, you know, who who did that work of inviting us to the ministry thing or shared the gospel with us or just right. lived that life for us. So, man, again, I'm humbled too, Dan, just that that, that God has entrusted to us mm-hmm. the message of reconciliation. I just, yeah. mm. You know, when you guys were talking about that, I just had the vision of, of Paul saying, you know, I have finished the course. I mm. have kept the faith. Yeah. And he's like entrusting that to us. Like you finish your course wow. and you keep the faith and run the race for the Lord. You know, That's amazing. He's marked it out for us. Yeah, that's cool. You know, I just got to say something as we end. I think you have such a lovely voice for radio. Aww. It's just like so so pleasant to, to listen to. It's Korean genetics. Yeah, must be. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Sheesh, I'll pay I you didn't later. Say, I didn't say your voice was nice, Sean. <laughs> well, if I was a if I was a female, I'm sure it would come out as smooth and sultry <laughs> yeah. instead. You know. Exactly. Oh gosh, you're so uh, funny. But hey, I, if you're listening to this still, congratulations on making it this far. We're thankful you stuck around to the end. And man, maybe that's a good good takeaway for you. Is each and every day. Just come before the Lord, five minutes of prayer, and acknowledge the victory he has won through Christ upon the cross. Acknowledge that you're participating in that parade with him triumphantly, mm. and you have the opportunity to spread that fragrance in your life and the way that you love the people around you. Amen. Super encouraging. Thank love you. It. All right, y'all. Thanks for joining us. We hope to see you this Sunday as we dive on further in Second Corinthians. Hope to see you on the 26th for the spring tea, the 27th for the potluck. And of course, next week for Behold. Bye. He's in love. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes of Behold. If you would like more information about Valley Bible Church, or if you'd like resources from this episode, go ahead and check out vbc.online forward slash behold. Catch you guys next week.